You're listening to the Light Forge Podcast, the key to unlocking your arena success with your co-hosts, ADWCTA and Murps. Welcome to the Light Forge Podcast. This is Adwukta. This is Murps. I uh, hope you guys are having a good new year. Welcome to 2022. We are a day or a day or two days in, and I'm hoping all of you guys have already fulfilled your New Year's resolutions, have had a ton of fun, gotten your 12 wins in the new year, or I don't know, reached the leaderboard in BGs, whatever you're doing. Uh, Welcome to the new year. Topping the leaderboards of mercenaries. They they, they did a change in mercenaries where everybody has, has top ratings now. Like before, it was impossible to get the year end, like the the season end, like top prizes that they give, like just because even the top players wouldn't get them, or like one top player would get them, and now like everyone can get everything, so it's actually kind of rewarding. Which is to say, I'm still playing Mercs. Um, so we've been gone for two weeks. Uh, normally, we're just gone for one week. We gave you a heads up on it. We thought we were going to be able to record this on New Year's Eve, but I wasn't fully recovered yet. I'm still not fully recovered. I'm going to try to mute myself uh, before uh, I cough. Um, but hopefully, we'll, we'll be able to get through this without too much. Um, during these two weeks, uh, I you know, had COVID, recovered from COVID. Um, I was symptomatic for like 10 days. It was freaking terrible had a fever, and then, like, this cough that just got worse and worse and worse and then very slowly better. Like, I couldn't take a work call for, like, two weeks, uh, which was which was rough. Um, but, uh, but yeah, um, I'm definitely on the upswing now. I'm already way better than I was, like, three days ago. So, you know, hopefully the trend continues. Very nice. Survived COVID. And, look, if... <laughs> If what we're seeing is accurate, uh, it's it's going to be tough to avoid COVID. Like we're we're looking at you know uh, basically entering year three of the pandemic. I'm just like, yeah, I'm probably going to get COVID at some point. It's like you can only dodge it for so long. But good to see that you have knock on wood almost completely recovered. Yeah, so you can get back yeah. and to hopefully no like long term effects. Not doing I'm like anything. scared of long COVID, um, but like during COVID, it was it was just like a bad flu. It wasn't even the worst flu I've had. Um, like it doesn't even make top three in my like life, uh, but it was still not like a light one. Like it wasn't a cold. It was like a flu. There was a fever. There was like everything. It was a pretty miserable time. Um, I hope you guys don't get it, but if you get it, I hope it's not you know too bad. I think a lot of people like. Of the people that I knew that had COVID, I probably had, like, one of the more... And I'm double-vaxxed, but no booster. Uh, So I think I actually had one of the, like, more serious, like, symptoms than other people I know that are, like, roughly our age. Um, And I'm I'm 35. Could it be Uh, because of the condition of your body due to not exercising and your diet? You know, you know, not exercising for the last six years may contrib- contribute to it maybe I'm, I'm not i'm not gonna like you know it's not proven right like no, no doctor has told me that um that's because you don't see, see doctors doctor. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> just may- maybe um 
Yeah, yeah. Uh, I am. Uh, I, I did just lose like ten pounds though. Like you know, the months before COVID, I'm gonna lose another ten pounds this month before Chinese New Year. That's my uh, short-term New Year's resolution. It shouldn't be that hard. Um, but the thing with COVID, I had like the most monstrous appetite, and I was like googling this, trying to see if this was like a COVID side effect. And there was like one reported case in the UK with this woman who like couldn't stop eating after she got COVID. But that's it. So I think that didn't really have anything to do with COVID. It was just like a, her thing. Um, but yeah, like my appetite was endless. Like I would eat like three portions of what I would normally eat and just would not feel like full. I wouldn't be hungry, but I wouldn't be full. I just could keep eating. Um, but at the end of it right now, I haven't gained any weight through COVID. So I don't really know. It's probably all the coughing. Like honestly, all the coughing has probably been the most workout the most consistent workout I have gotten in six years. Like, if you're looking at a, a two-week span Look, in my life. Looking to lose weight? Here's one neat trick that doctors hate. And it's true. Doctors probably hate COVID. So, you know. It's, uh, it's a good app workout. It's, it's, it's something. It sure is something. But look, uh, you have, you know gotten covid you are on the up and up so let's talk about something else that uh yeah well, what did what did you do in those two weeks I, I i heard you uh you are actually purposefully avoiding covid right now yes well we were supposed to go to new york that that did not happen if you guys know anything new york is not doing great right now as in the covid rates are sky high and once again, uh, if, we're if trying our best to avoid it. If you want to see a scary slash, I mean, not fun, but like but scary and ridiculous like thing, just Google COVID and then New York, and they have the little, like, you don't have to click on any web pages on Google, and it tracks the rates, and switch it over to all time, and you'll see how high the COVID rates are in New York. It's just like one straight line going up at the end of the year. Um, the rest of the country is not nearly as bad. The rest of the country is like at peak covid you know, the way we have been a couple times. But New York is, like, super high, even compared to how New York was dealing with it before. And, and New York had pretty bad waves of COVID before. Yeah. So, things are getting bad. New York is just terrible right now. We're trying to avoid that. Once again, this just feels like trying to... Uh, it, it's like you're in an endless dodgeball game. Um, and it feels like at one point or another, you probably will get hit. Uh no matter how skilled you are at dodging, how much you hide in the back corner, trying to make sure that nobody sees you, it just feels like you're going to get hit, hit by a point. I have not gotten hit yet, but we, we, we shall see. I don't know. I think some people just like don't get COVID. Like Brand New did not get COVID the entire time. And we did not separate ourselves from each other that much. Like we socially distanced by like two feet or something. Like we would sit on the opposite ends of the sofa when watching TV instead of like together. But that's that's the most that we did, right? Actually, we would not sleep in the same bed, but otherwise we were sharing the same general like airspace. And the entire time, I was just coughing all over the place. Uh, she was she just did not get sick, so I, I don't know. Maybe she's and, the cure. And she took tests too. She's not. It's not like asymptomatic COVID. She, like we had the at you know the at home test. She just like never had COVID. Maybe we should be dissecting her and taking her DNA and blood. Yeah, yeah. And she exercises no more than I do. I so. understand. You guys are of one. You are like one lazy sloth being. I mm -hmm. th this this I understand. So uh, that 
that's that's good. That's fine. But yeah, uh, we went to Arkansas for a little bit. We are back now. Uh, still trying to avoid everything. And it's a new year. I don't know. I don't really have much resolution when it comes to my general life. I do got to get back to uh, uh, not bulking, <laughs> to, to put it lightly. Uh, I've been bulking. Time to not bulk. But that's fine. Like I, um, It's just something I've been doing on and off during the years. Um, and you too. Except you just stay in the bulking phase. Constant bulk. Mm. I mean, I'm not bulking. My weight hasn't changed for like almost three years now. Mm. And before that, it was like a five-year period where I had the same weight. It, it overall just trends up, but but I have long periods. The of overall trend is just up. It's it's just um, up and up. I, I do need to get better health though, because if the world's gonna end, like I need just generally better immune systems. And you can't really like get that by just dieting, unfortunately. Like you could get to a healthier weight. But a lot of the stuff with your body, you actually do have to, like, you know, tell your body that you're doing stuff so that it will defend itself. Yes. So that you can continue to do stuff. Unfortunately, you can't just tell your body. Like, you have to do it. Yeah. Uh, technology isn't there yet. Uh, I know just... your your dream was, um, like, in the future, some futuristic technology in which... Uh, either you could just simulate, like, this machine just, like, zaps your body... And then, you know, tears up some muscle fiber, you know, does the, quote, yeah. damage. Yeah, yeah. Or... Like, that, that That has to work, right? Like, that feels so easy. Right? Like, because we know how muscles work. We know how to make more muscles. We know how... So, we know so much about our bodies. Like, why does this thing not exist? <laughs> I'm just a little ahead of my time. I don't even think I'm that far ahead of my time. I think in, like, 50 years, this will be the reality. Uh, it could very well be. Or if there was a way to pay someone to exercise for you and then transfer that status to you afterwards. Uh -huh. but less scientific, but I'd go for that too. Yeah, I think you would go for any of this. But look, it's been a few weeks. I'm hoping you guys are all recovering a little bit. This time of the year is always a little um, hectic. A lot going on, a lot of money being spent. Sometimes you're seeing people that you don't want to see. But let's get back to what's really important, a dead game mode, all right? Dead game mode, let's talk oh, about it. God. The first thing that we need to talk about, because it happened really right after the last podcast, and yeah, like we, a day we haven't done anything since then, is they got rid of players' ability to draft Abominable Lieutenant. And that's it. Abominable Lieutenant is gone. Uh, Sarah's still in, but Abominable Lieutenant is gone. Yes. We talked about it before, where we really want him to draw a line. Like, where legendaries are legendary, and, you know, obviously people still complain about Ysera is terrible for the game, but don't let it spread. Don't let it spread to the epics. That's an S-tier card, Abominable Lieutenant. The win rate say it's an S-tier card. Let's draw the line there. I know it's only 2.5 times as, you know, as often uh, drafted as Ysera based on offering rates, um, which isn't, like, the end of the world, right? Like, I've... I could count on one hand the number of times I've actually lost to Abominable Lieutenant because I rarely see it because people don't have it because it's like 2.5 times as uh, as often seen as a legendary, right? But still, like you got to draw the line somewhere and drawing it on epics was was a great move by Blizzard. 
Yeah, so that was the only thing that they did. Can you still get Abominable Lieutenant from other means? Yeah, you can do it. Glaciate is probably the most popular way right now because you have about a 20, almost a 25% chance, so about a 25% chance to get the Lieutenant off of Glaciate, which means you can still get a turn six Abominable Lieutenant. That doesn't really matter that it can't attack, kind of. Um, and of course, it is in uh, one of the most popular and most powerful classes, and that's Shaman, of course, with Demon Hunter being the other one. And yep. that is still a little bit problematic. And I think, you know, looking at the reaction of people who are still playing Arena, I will just say that the things that they were frustrated about before hasn't really changed. Uh, this doesn't really move the needle for anything really because mm -hmm. if you look at something like abominable lieutenant were there a decent amount of complaints on arena hs yes were they warranted sure it is one of the things that people should complain about uh and there were other things as well and also remember those win rates i told you guys about uh yeah. they have expanded as in they are getting further well, because and they further didn't apart. hit the button yes they did not freaking hit the button i can't believe that they just left for the holidays without even hitting the button. And, I mean, hopefully they'll hit it when they get back. Um, but if you don't hit the offering rate adjust button, the class win rates aren't going to change by that much. Unless key cards get nerfed, right? Like, one of the things that happened also um, was that they nerfed some cards for constructive purposes. I'm not going to go over all of it, but the big one that affects Arena was uh, Snowfall Guardian. Um the shaman card that freezes everything and then gains stats it was a five drop which was super ridiculous i think and now it's a six drop uh which is still ridiculous uh but less so um still a very good card but not like as ridiculous of a card but that was never like the best card right like for for arena in shaman the best card the one we rated an s tier card was uh caverns and that's still around and that's still ridiculous. And there's actually a post on Arena HS. It's like, has anybody beat Caverns without playing Caverns when it gets played against you on turn four? And everyone's like, nope. Nope, we just lose. Cavern is just consistently annoying and powerful. Snowfall Guardian, um, part of the reason why that is more painful for a lot of people, and I understand this. Uh, number one, there are games in which they do Snowfall into Snowfall. And that is incredibly backbreaking. Uh, like that—that that is just really, really bad. And and of course, I I agree with all you guys. Um, but you know that is not going to be kind of like in you know in our ratings. We're we're not being like oh when we we're also considering like what if you could play them back to back? Like of course, playing them back to back is super duper good because you're essentially almost guaranteeing like. 20 face damage um yeah. and, and if you're able to guarantee like 20 face damage that's pretty freaking good and not just guarantee 20 face damage like you also prevent all the damage coming the here. more ahead they are and by that aspect the more likely they were to kill you it increases your chance to kill them and that's <laughs> frustrating it's like the mct effect right where yeah. it's like oh you're winning a lot. That means I get to potentially win more. 
people hate that. Arena players hate that. Uh, it's it's the same philosophy that made people hate MCT, and now it's like a double MCT effect if you're able to have Snowfall into Snowfall. So I completely agree with all of you guys uh, that the potential of the back to singular it's it's very powerful and still bad but back to back it is so frustratingly unfair that i i don't know what the solution to that is rather than you just hit the button right so that the back to back doesn't happen because they will nerf shaman and nerfing these days just means you don't get any class cards or you get very few class cards but i'm with you uh, i i think the meta is at a point that it is just not fun like i don't play arena anymore I, i've also just been busy but it's gotten to the point where the novelty for me has worn off uh, i played a decent amount of arena to start off this expansion and uh, just looking at the win rates Demon Hunter is above 56%. Druid is below 40%. We are reaching territories that are approaching some of the worst yeah, differentials ever. Druid. Like, what's, what's the other class? Warrior. Warrior. It's also like, is it above 40? Okay, it's 40.2% right now. It's basically below 40% as well. Um, so, yeah, like, this is. It, like, did banning Abominable Lieutenant help? It helped a little bit. It's the equivalent of banning two and a half legendary cards that are ridiculous, right? So, like, imagine if they banned Ysera and Ives and, like, half of one more card, right? And you'd be pretty happy about that. And people were pretty happy about banning Abominable Lieutenant. But you're not going to all of a sudden fix the game of, like, Arena Hearthstone without doing offering odds adjust just by banning two and a half legendaries. Uh, which is what Abominable is. I like the uh, Abominable Lieutenant banning more for its philosophical line in the sand, right? Like, up until this point, they hadn't banned any epic cards. They hadn't even banned any rare cards, because all the cards that needed to be banned were always common. So, like, they just didn't make any S-tier rare cards or or epic cards. Um, And now they made an epic S-tier card, and it's good to see that, yes, they will ban it, because they've also shown that they will not ban legendary S-tier cards. Ysera's been around for two years. They, they're not banning it. They're not making any indications of banning it. In fact, when they ban a lot of other stuff, and while they're banning them, they're like, yeah, Ysera's fine. So they're not going to touch the legendaries, so it's good to see them touch the epics. But the actual impact is still low, because epics are just rarely seen. Um, on the other hand, when you have classes that are insanely good, you see them all the time, especially when you're winning a lot. So you see demon hunters everywhere in the high win rates, much more often than you see an abominable lieutenant even before they banned it. And it warps the entire game experience in Arena when classes, superpower classes exist like this. Like, yeah, it would be nice to play Warrior and Druid, but much more important than making Warrior and Druid playable is making sure a demon hunter is not 56% win rate, right? Like, because that ruins the whole experience, whereas the other one just ruins, like, the experience of you not being able to pick those two classes. Um... Like, and this is not, like, new cards' faults. This is stuff that we know, right? Like, Cycle of Hatred is the number one card in uh, in Demon Hunter at, 40, uh, at 64% win rate. That's an old card. Like, Illidari Inquisitor is at 63.7% win rate. Again, 
That's an old card. We all knew these are the busted Demon Hunter cards. Like, these are not new. These are not, like, this is just a Demon Hunter problem. This is not a new expansion. Oh my god, how are these cards going to work function? Like, you know these cards are terrible for the meta. You know these cards are not fun to play against. You know that you have to control them. So freaking lower their offering rates. Like, what is what is the hesitation here? Yeah. This is the big question that we had last time. And it's a question that I think I'm going to keep asking and wondering about. And I think we should collectively as a community nicely try to figure out and i understand that blizzard hasn't loved to communicate about this stuff but i think it's important uh to keep pushing towards it because i really want to know the thought process or the philosophy behind the decisions they make and the changes they make slash not make for example do you think it is actually okay, and by you I mean Blizzard, uh, to just leave for the holidays with this meta? Like, mm. was this something... What was the thought behind it? Was there no thought? Was the thought, hey, we checked on it, we are okay with this differential, period. We checked it, we're okay with this differential for two more weeks, but we really wouldn't like to change it. We were actually very close to changing it. Uh, or do they look at it and they're like, we really need to change it. However, it's not as easy as we once mm-hmm. said it was. This is important for me. And I think it's pretty important to just look at it generally. And I always harp back on it, but other Blizzard teams have given insight into this thought process. I, I, I use this example so often, but I thought it was good. It's like when Jeff Kaplan ran the Overwatch team, and they didn't change Hanzo. They explained, they're like, look, we hear you. Here's why we're not changing Hanzo for now. Here's what you guys have said. We agree with, you know, two out of your four statements. The other two, one, I think is just, you know, we see it differently. And the other one, it's like, ah, it's it's, unsure about that. But we're looking into it and we might change it at some point. And then later they did change it. But them releasing that statement when everybody was crying out about about Hanzo and, uh, not Storm Arrow, Scatter Arrow. This was years ago. Uh... I remember that moment because it was incredibly helpful. I was like, oh, cool. This is what it feels like to have developers explain not only why they do things, but why they don't do things. Uh, And here, I would like to know for Arena, because Blizzard keeps on saying, it's like, no, we care about Arena. Uh, And and they get kind of like offended when you Mm -hmm. are just like, oh, you don't care about Arena. They're like, how dare you? We do care. And I'm taking them at their word. I'm like, okay. And it does seem like they are trying to reach out more. Efforts are being done. And I'm hoping that we can, as a community, push to have this question just explained a little bit more. For So, like, at this inflection point, or there will be inflection points in the future, whenever something is done slash not done, out of those four scenarios, if it fits into one of those four, otherwise they can explain what's going on, what happened there? Because... If it is a situation where they looked at it and they think it's okay, then I think Arena is not going to head to a good place because this is not a good situation where you have this discrepancy in win rates. 
Um, if it's just a situation where they're like, you know what, it really did need to change, we just can't do it because things have gotten a little bit complicated, we need a little bit more time, that at least I'm a, a lot more optimistic about because I'm like, okay, at least we see things the right way in terms of mm. balance and this win rate discrepancy. You guys just can't, you know, it's not just a button, as we keep saying. Right. Uh, and you guys are looking for ways to fix it. Cool. I, I Then there's nothing for us to discuss or negotiate in some sort of a game balance way. We see it the same way. So it also helps us in terms of presenting ideas out there to know exactly what we should be saying. So mm-hmm. Lizard... Within this new year, with your emphasis on communication, because communication yeah, yeah. is a two-way street, right? So, you know, we are keep, we're definitely not afraid to express our thoughts, but when we're talking about Arena, and it seems like Blizzard really wants Arena uh, to kind of like, I don't know, communicate with them uh, because they do care about Arena, we need to know what you're thinking whenever you make decisions or don't make decisions because for many years now it has just been either nothing in the patch notes and then something happens and then tarot and other people go and investigate and dig it up or it's a one-liner and then we're like okay what does that actually mean uh and then usually there's like some weird thing going on like under the table as well so looking ahead in 2022 this is just the beginning but I like the momentum that we have in terms of communication. I don't love the fact that Blizzard is still a complete black box. Just their thought process. So yeah. once again, guys, I'm not I, I'm not even right now asking like, you got to ban this, you got to do this, you got to do that. Um, because I want to keep advocating. And in order to advocate, I, you just need to know what like how you can most effectively advocate. I can't say, uh, I I can't present them with like a memo and just be like, okay, if this is your argument, this is my response. If this yeah, is right. how you think, this is my response. If this is your philosophy, I think that's wrong. No, no, no. Like we, we, we can't do that. Uh, that would just be a waste of my time. That would be a waste of their time. That would just be insulting for them. So please, Blizzard, if you are hearing this, and I know you, <laughs> I don't think you are, but- if you're hearing this, just give us some thought process on what I have been talking about. Whether it's this specific moment, like a couple weeks ago, or just generally, I think the arena community has agreed that Blizzard has been a, definitely a little bit slow in adjusting the meta. Whether it it's, is... It's going to be a month. Yes. Right? Like, they basically came out and they were like, hey, so for a month we can have an over 55% win rate class. And that's fine. Um, and that's not fine. Like, I would be... Like, if they really came out and said that's fine, I think we would start arguing very hard that that is not fine in any game mode that can be considered right. remotely balanced. <laughs> but I, I don't know that it got there. Like, I, I think, like... There's just a bunch of, like, stuff on someone's list. And one is like, hey, people were complaining about Abominable Lieutenant in their arena. Someone looked into that. Someone looked into it and was like, yeah, this card has really high win rate. People want to ban. We can ban it. 
Do we want to ban it, guys? Yeah? Good, let's ban it. All right, ban. Next item, Battlegrounds, or like whatever, right? Um, I, I don't think there's like an organized system in place right now where someone's like going through the list of what to do in Arena every single like expansion launch. Um, they, they have it for Constructed. I'm sure they have many people on it for Constructed, but they've... I, I don't know. I think at one point, they may, like years ago, they may have had someone on it in Arena, but not, not anymore. We're in this... We're in this middle zone, right? They've released two years ago. They were like, we're not going to touch Arena for this year. We're just going to focus on other stuff right off the bat. Um, last year, they were like, well, we're going to start thinking about Arena this year, but don't. I mean, last year, I said, oh, yeah, it is last year. It's 2021. Uh, they, they said, oh, well, we're going to start looking at everything, including Arena. Um, but don't expect, like, anything to change anytime soon. And then, you know, you see XR asking questions. You see... Uh, other pokes and prods and things like it's not a high priority it's a very low priority but they're thinking about it they know they have to do something with arena and they've started to allocate some of their internal resources towards developing a plan for it but while that's happening the normal upkeep in arena like slipped more and more um and that's what usually happens towards the tail end of stuff like this current world in the arena that we live in it's i'm gonna say for better or for worse but i'm gonna say it's probably gonna be for better regardless of what they do um, it, it's going to blow up. Like, I don't think it's going to be slightly adjusted whenever they come in with whatever they're going to do, or like, I don't know, three months from now, six months from now. Um, I think it's going to be a big change in what will be in the arena. I, I don't mean that, like, the UI will change or anything, but I mean, like, the, the, the system is going to be, it's going to be on the level of at least buckets. Like, that kind of big kind of change in, in how arena functions. And we're just in that leftover period before then. Um, but I really appreciate them hitting the button at least. Like, uh, the arena community in the past, I don't know, three years? I don't think we've asked for, like, barely anything. Um, and, and and it's not like they haven't given us what we've asked for. Like, we got cards banned. Uh, that, that was, like, kind of necessary uh, to keep arena functional. And in the case of Abominable Lieutenant, I would argue it was not necessary to ban uh, Abominable Lieutenant to keep things functional. Uh, but it was good philosophically, right? It's something they should have done. But if they didn't, it would have had a, a small effect to your overall arena experience, even though it feels very bad, right? It's more of an additive thing. Like, Ives is still in the game. Uh, Ysera is still in the game. Um, those are all neutrals. You have all these class cards that are totally ridiculous. Like, this is not... Like, a Bombo Lieutenant wasn't... Even on the win rates, right? It wasn't doing power level stuff that we haven't seen. It's just another thing that's added there. And it's appearing two and a half times more often than other stuff. But anyway. Um, they, they've, they've been, like... They've been doing stuff. But it's, like, half the stuff. And the other half, they've been, like, slipping more and more. And... Uh, this isn't the first time they've let a 55% plus win rate class stick around for over a month. I feel like half the time when there is a 55% plus win rate class, they do let it stick around for more than a month. Uh, yeah. I, like, they shouldn't? I, I don't know what else to say. Like, are they... That's why what you're saying, like, they need to tell us. They do. If this is not something they're... If this is not something they're capable of doing anymore, they need to tell us. Because then we'd stop expecting them to do it uh if this is something they're just not willing to do they, I, I think they should tell us but they also know like that, that it's going to be met with a very negative reaction uh by the community and, and there's just no other options like the other option is to stay silent and then we keep being like blizzard come on you're you're either wrong really wrong or you're really negligent 
Um, but either way, you're not communicating, so always you wrong, you bad. I think <laughs> just not communicating is, even strategically for them, the worst thing that they can do. Which yeah, is exactly. really puzzling from my perspective. Like, remember what happened two years ago when they said, we're not going to do anything on Arena for the next year. We were I like, think the Arena community took that really well. <laughs> I think everyone was just like, yup, okay. And then we didn't ask for that much stuff for the rest of the year. Because we knew. Yeah. Uh, that was basically it. Like, they said that. And I, I remember, I was like, okay, this is a bit disappointing. But refreshing. As in, like, this is, okay, it's nice to know this. Um, and Expectations set. Right, and especially at that time, it's like, oh, you kind of expect this, uh, but but now that you know it, okay, cool. And it it, it was also a point where we're like, oh, uh, this is nice, like them telling us not to expect anything, and so it's like, oh, does this mean we'll we'll get more communication with like you know about their being or not being something? Mm-hmm. Uh, the answer was no. <laughs> but well, I mean, the answer wasn't that we did get more communication uh, over the course of this last year than we normally got. Than we like, normally three get, years yeah. Ago. Um, it's just still not great. But like the XR Q and A's, whatever he mentions, like uh, any tidbits about Arena, is still more information than we traditionally got uh, before uh, before they you know the three years ago environment. Um, but still, you know, it's, it's not it's, it's it's not covering everything. Or even coming close to covering everything than that that it should, right? Like we need something more systematic than a Q and A in which XR picks random questions that have come in, because that's a scattershot approach, right? That hits like maybe the most important questions, but also it generally doesn't hit the deeper questions because he won't pick them because they're not like structured in a way that can be easy to answer in a Q and A. Um, but they're still important, right? So I think we do have to just kind of like the two on the communication side i think they're going to communicate something in the next three months if not just do it um and it's going to be pretty big uh in the arena but in the meantime like there's still people playing this mode or people not playing this mode but want to play this mode Uh, so i don't know put like a little bit of effort into it um, or I should say a little more effort into it because they are putting in a little bit of effort. Abominable Lieutenant was banned. Um, but, you know, the, the offering rate... This is why in the last episode of the podcast two weeks ago, we barely talked about Abominable Lieutenant. Like, we mentioned it as if the community's not happy with where the meta is, but we kept saying the way to fix the meta is not really to ban Abominable Lieutenant. That's just something you should do anyway. And it's really easy. The way to fix the meta is you have to push the button. That's always the way to, like, make the meta, like, well, okay. I'm not going to say that's always the way to make the meta better. When the button functions, that is the best way to make the, the meta better. And it should be the Sometimes, easiest way. It should be the easiest, easiest way, too, yes. According uh, to what but, Blizzard has previously stated. Yes. Uh, but sometimes, you know, we've seen in the past, the button doesn't really function. It, like, kind of backfires. It, like, takes another class that elevates it to 55% win rate or even worse. Like, we've seen that happen before. We're like, what did the button do? Um, so it's not, not a guarantee. But more often than not, the button is helpful. Like, it doesn't totally fix the problem. But it'll knock your 56% win rate class down. And it'll replace it with, like, a 54 or 53% win rate class. Which feels a lot better. Um, Alright. So, Blizzard. Um, hopefully, this is just something that you were thinking of. This is just uh, 
going to be something that I'm, it's it's not a wish. It, it's actually just like a prediction of some sorts. And maybe this will happen. I have no idea. Uh, I actually do have hope that m- more and better communication will happen this year. And I think that as a community, we should be asking these bigger questions. Uh, and, and this is sort of like really important because asking these questions, once again, it shapes the next important questions that we ask. So if anyone is out there and, you know, you ask Ixar these questions or if they ever, I don't know, go to Arena HS and do like an AMA or something, I will obviously be asking these questions. Going down to the philosophical ideas about balance, about what is an acceptable win rate differential on HS Replay, I, I know they have different ones internally, but we don't see those. And in at least some and, capacity... And even more than... Like, the thing that we can see very easily is class win rates, but even uh, more so than class win rates, what, what also feels bad is individual card win rates. Yeah. Like, cards... Not number one play. We could do cards when drawn, but really cards in depth, what the win rate is. When, when the card, like, for example, when a card is drawn by the turn that you're able to play it, such as Blood Letter um, or Gnarg before it, and the win rate is, like, 85% plus or 90% or, like, whatever, that's a problem. And you can't fix it because this is the arena. You're not going to nerf a card just for the arena. So there has to be some kind of internal line that you draw, even for class cards. Like, I know we harp a lot on neutrals because it affects all the experience, but there's just so many, like, ridiculous class cards now. Even for class cards, you need a line. That line can be higher than for neutral cards, of course, but there has to be a line. No one wants to play this game if, oh, my opponent draws a common class card by turn 2 or turn 1 that is in, I don't know, like, 80% of, you know, decks of that class because of the offering rates... Um, then I just auto-lose, almost regardless of what I do. No one wants to play that game. Like, it's just, it, it disrespects the player, because you still have to go through the motions and whatever, right? Like, I guess you could just concede once you see the card, but does Blizzard want that? That the optimal move to do is to auto-concede on turn two once you see your opponent has played a card uh, with no setup? Like, this is just not, nobody, like, no game designer would be like, yeah, that's the desired outcome. Um, so... Like, I'm sure we're all on the same page on this. Just the community hasn't been putting it and putting the pressure on for Blizzard to do that kind of stuff. The community's been doing stuff that's like... And really, it's not really our job. It's really Blizzard's job. But it's the it's the arena, right? Like, we kind of have to do a lot of Blizzard's job for Blizzard. And then they can do their job on top of that. So we got to synthesize the problem and say it's not just, oh, we want to ban caverns. Why? Because it's really good when you play it on turn four. You can quantify it, right? Like, what Blizzard needs is not just every time the community complains about something, we'll see if we remove it. They should just have an internal line. Hey, we hit over 85% win rate on this ca- uh, card for, like, a week. Um, it, it's We're going to ban it now. Um, like, win rate when drawn uh, on, you know, by, by the turn of its mana cost. Um, why? Because it's just it's that we don't want our game to be like that. We would rather have a game that functions than a game in which some players will be like, "Oh, super cool! I played a Bloodletter on turn two, and therefore I won the game." Like I don't know. Uh, I'm sure those players exist, but to create a functional game, the interests of those players 
have to be lower than the interests of players who actually want to play the game past turn two. I, I, I don't know how else to phrase this. Like, I, I'm not denying that those people exist and that there's a lot of them that were just like, cool, blood letter, yay. Uh, I, I don't know any of them, but I'm assuming they exist and maybe even in large numbers. But you're creating a game here. And these cards take away the game, whether it is Bloodletter, whether it is Ganarg, uh, whether it is Caverns. So, like, I, I know, like, Blizzard has a bunch of game designers there. I'm not, like, telling them, like, this, like, light bulb moment in their heads that they could be like, oh my god, we should design games in which the outcome is not determined by turn two? Oh, that's, this just opened so many doors for me as a game designer. Like, that's not what's happening here. I just don't think Blizzard is putting one and one together when it comes to the arena. Because they're they're just respect and care for the arena. And the community is just kind of low compared to their respect and care for other communities within Hearthstone. And their resources they're dedicating to arena is kind of low. But pushing some of those mental resources towards this problem and systemizing it so that you just have an internal line that just gets done... Like, that's what we should all be tweeting at Ixar or, like, mentioning whenever they bring something up. Like, we should be pressuring them to set up internal lines of their own win rates when drawn by particular, like, turns. And then when cards go above that, just ban them. And when they don't go above that, and the community's like, oh, we hate this card, we should ban it. They should be like, hey, here's our line. It didn't go above that line. Here's actually where it's at. So, you know, like, politely shut up. And then we would be like, ah, crap, you know, or we may make uh, other arguments like, oh, but for good players, right, they'll be able to use this card much better, blah, 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 blah. But then it's much easier to recognize that our interests would be subsumed um, as a more niche kind of thing. Whereas here, no one is smart outsmarting caverns. No. You know, you could sort of outsmart Bloodletter, but only very minor ways. And it, like, sets you back not a really. lot, and you don't really know what it's... It's not... Yeah, exactly. Like, not really. It's the right? old it Super Collider like problem, right? To. It's like, yeah. oh, just don't play multiple minions. It's like, oh, great. Thanks. Like, that. that's great. And Bloodletter is out. It's like, just don't play XHP that escalates perfectly yes. with every single turn. you have, like, turn. three cards in your hand, right? right? Of um, which one is playable. So it's like, now turn three, don't play a three HP minion. Or it's like, oh, I have a four HP minion, and you're just like, well, if they have one ping, I'm screwed once again. Uh, so, no. Uh, that That is a problem with the arena right now. There's too many cards that are... Um, that influence the game too much, and it just makes you frustrated. And this is one thing that i've seen multiple streamers talk about whether or not you know it's a backbreaker i don't think it's a backbreaker for some people but i think it is fairly frustrating that there are too many cars that when it's they come out influence everything a little bit too much like whether it's a whether it's a backbreaker or not it's bad game design and as a game designer of which Everybody who we're talking to at Blizzard pretty much is because we're trying to address these issues. It is their job to make the game have good game design. Like, I don't know. Like, even if it doesn't break the game, you should still make the game have better game design when there's relatively simple solutions to implement. 
And this is just a band, right? You don't even need a button or figure out how your like AI, like, you know, or not your AI, but like your algorithm, like adjusts for each class or whatever. It's just a very simple band thing. And you're already banning cards. And these are cards that people just kind of, or even if you don't ban, right? Just say like, we're going to lower their offering rate to 25% or something and effectively make them a legendary because Blizzard has been very clear that legendaries can do anything almost. Unless they're uh, hero replacement cards, then for some reason they can't exist. I, have, I still like the fact that the community won that argument. Like I don't want you know those cards are still very powerful, but it's still crazy to me that they won that argument, and we've lost like the Ysera argument. Like it's super crazy to me that we have lost the Ysera argument. Maybe not forever, but at least we've been losing it for a long time now. It's been like a year of Ysera. Even if you uh, win the Ysera argument, it's like, what? Well, okay, what's? It's almost like, what's the point of winning it now when it's been terrorizing for so long? Right. Like there's still is the, a point, but yeah, you know. the, the hero replace one was like less than a month, and they were gone. It was like one of the first things they did. They were like, "Ooh, we looked at it, we played it. It's not fun." Okay, I mean. I guess Ysera's super fun, and I'm just not getting it. Like, I don't know. Um, anyway, my, my, my whole point being, if there's an objective line, there's something they could point to, and it'll solve a lot of problems, and it's not hard to do. Um, just a suggestion. Uh, I'm trying to go with... Obviously, it's not the perfect solution, right? The perfect solution would be more complicated and involve algorithms and involve people paying attention to the arena. Uh, but this way, you don't really have to pay that much attention to the arena, you just kind of have numbers come in, and then you, like, do what the numbers tell you to. Um, and if you don't, like, it, it, you know, I, I, you know, you can obviously use your discretion and all after that if you have a good reason to keep a card in that has ridiculous win rates. Um, but um, that's at least a, a good starting point to give you suggestions of card bans that are appropriate and objective. And, you know, not like, oh, we're preferring one type of player over another type of player right like i don't know we're like moving the meta to be more control and we don't necessarily want to do that or whatever right like that's not just you, you can't we're, we're past the point now with the way blizzard's designing cards where you could just let it be we're, we're, we're way past that point um and so this is what i, I remember the uh, life forge episode uh, like a month ago where we were like hey before the release like over a month ago before the release of the expansion where i was like asking blizzard i was like hey the community is going to now ask blizzard to do more for arena because more needs to be done for arena because of the power creep um we're just in a different world now than we were a year ago and arena is getting worse um and it's getting worse as you power creep more, and you're clearly going to keep power creeping as you've shown repeatedly. So we need some we need some guardrails in place um, for arena, and it's my pitch for setting one up. All right. Anyway, uh, what else? What else in uh, in 2020? Um, Hearthstone in 2020. I, I kind of want to move on from this arena topic. I feel like we've beaten this horse quite dead. I think so. So look, the takeaway is. Blizzard has has stated uh, Arena is back on the radar, so you should, you know, if you want to get involved in the conversation, do so. And if you want to ask questions, try to tailor your questions towards the systemic, uh, towards the overall general philosophy rather than specific incidences. Uh, and I think this will just help them help us. All right, that's the yep. takeaway there. So, um, we can talk about BGs for a split second, just because the meta hasn't really changed that much. 
I, I will say I am very, very interested in learning more about Lobbying Legends. We talked about this just a tiny bit during the last podcast. We didn't talk about it a ton because there is not that much to talk about. We know that BG Esports is a thing. Uh, they are redoing uh, the constructed mm-hmm. esports. That just makes sense. Uh, and it seems like they're going to go a little bit light on BG Esports, this Lobbying Legends, the first year, and then perhaps expand it in the future. We don't know much about it, and that's why I haven't talked much about it. I'm pretty excited. Um, and I think the most important aspect just for me is seeing how expansive they want to make this the first year my guess is the answer is not very which means people like me who are wanting to get back in but can only dedicate like four or five hours each weekday and then maybe more on weekends that's not going to be enough that's fine. If they just want the purest of grinders. Yeah. Like actual pros, right? Yeah, like they want actual pros. At, you need to play at least minimum of 40 hours a week, right? It's your job. Right. And if you guys know uh, the... Not just like any BG streamer, but like the grinders of grinders. I mean, we're talking about, you know, the victors, right? And... Mm-hmm. Um, like all, all those people at the very top, uh, the XQNs. They play a lot. They study a lot. And maybe for at least this season, they just want those people. And when I say they just want those people, I mean, because they, they, they stated they're taking the top from each region. They could just say, we are taking the top four from each region. Mm-hmm. And I can tell you right now, uh, it is literally impossible for me to do that. Um, number one, <laughs> just it would take so much time to just close the skill gap if i am able to close it i'm not going to say i can that would just be pretentious of me um and then even then uh you need plenty of time yeah. like if yeah, you you don't, you don't have enough time if you're only playing right. like three hours a night right like that's not that's not going to get to the very top the way they have the mmr system set up if you took xqn or you took victor and you limited their playing time, uh, it doesn't matter if they have the same skill. They just don't reach the same MMR. It's just the mm-hmm. way it is. Like, um, So I fully anticipate for the first year, it will be a lot more exclusive. And that's fine. I will super enjoy watching it. I will be rooting for whoever ends up there. I think it will be interesting to see the tippy, tippy top BGs. Because I think BGs now, at this point... We as a community and the top players by tinkering, helping each other out, watching each other's streams have really started to optimize BGs. I was talking to someone else uh, the other day and it's incredible that, you know, you look at top play from like 20, like late 2020. So this is what, a, a year after the game has already been out. And the community was just still so noob back then. There there were still so many aspects of the game that weren't discovered yet. And it wasn't just because of the meta. Like, you can't just say, like, oh, it's because of the meta that people played this way. And, you know, the meta wasn't ready for it. 
Um, if you guys think about it, how long did it take for the shiny curve uh, to be a thing? And if you think back on the metas it, like that happened previously, that curve would have been great for so many heroes in previous metas as well. I remember back when I played a ton, uh, you know, and we had Reno, uh, and I was playing with Reno as well, and just thinking, that curve always works on Reno. You always want the shiny curve on Reno. But back then, the best players, uh, you know, you didn't see them consistently do shiny curve on Reno because it wasn't a thing. People just didn't stay down. Uh, so they looked at Reno, this hero that really wanted to triple and golden uh, a tier 5 unit for most of its existence. You want a golden tier 5 unit or a 6, but that, that was kind of rare. And then you... Um, so you should stay on tier one. And, and, and it's incredible because I'm thinking back on the discovering of the shiny curve, the discovering of all of these uh, mid-game and late-game adjustments, the scouting, how to read your opponents. And the level of play right now, it's so high compared to even what high-level play was um, a year, a year and a half into... The existence of BGs. So I'm really looking forward to this uh, because I think that right now is also the perfect time for BGs. The BGs that you will see being expressed in the tournaments are going to be insane. Uh, it's part of the reason why I like watching BGs nowadays because the people who are able to express that express that skill so well and it's become very, very Optimize. Optimize doesn't mean solved. Like, there's too many variables for BGs to actually be solved, but the flexibility, the recognition, everything is so high level and so top notch. I'm just going to be looking forward to it. They should be giving out more information slash details when they come back uh, from the holidays. Typically, for a company, right now it's the second of January. Uh, I'm expecting something like the second week of January. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, that, that's typically, you know, when they come back, everybody recovers a little bit. They gather their notes, they look through it, and they're like, "What was this?" I kind of forget. You lose a bit. You lose more than a bit of momentum. You lose some momentum, and then you pick it back up, and then that's when you start. So, I'm super looking forward to that. I think that might rekindle my love of BGs as well. Maybe get me back into it, but. I also fully anticipate that this year, it, at least competitively, it won't be for people like me. And I'm fine with it. I think some people might be disappointed in it who really want to jump in. But this is Blizzard's League. They do what they want. And I fully understand if they want to keep, you know, um, just, you know, run a tighter ship for at least yeah, the first it's year. the first year. You don't want to, like, start off with, like, a 200-person league. Um that would just be a logistical nightmare on top of already figuring stuff out. Uh, I want to end this uh, 2022 look forward on, on Mercenaries, because that's the mode I'm most excited about for this coming year. Uh, I've been playing Mercenaries uh, pretty consistently through the last uh, through the last two months. And, um, yeah, like PvE. Uh, I've been playing PvP, too, because they really, like... They've opened up PvP, and I've noticed a lot more people are playing PvP now, now that the rewards have gotten higher, which is interesting to me because PvP has gotten, like, 
worse, if anything, than it was before, and or the same. And it's just a very like it's I mean this it's it's a mix of they they put a lot of stuff around it, but ultimately it's a lot of rock, paper, scissors. And it's not even as simple and elegant as rock, paper, scissors, because there is a lot of stuff around that you have to learn, a lot of like game sense that you have to develop, a lot of meta stuff. Um, but really more than meta stuff, it's just you have to know all the characters and what the speeds of everything is and how speeds get added and subtracted. Um, and like the breakpoints and what you can kill people on like turn one or like, you know, whatever. There's a lot of stuff to memorize, basically. Uh, and then followed by a bunch of rock, paper, scissors once you get to a certain level. So it's not great. But I've noticed a lot of people playing it um, uh, more after they change the reward system, which goes to show that the reward system is really at the core of this mercenaries loop, right? It's a PvE game with a PvP little attachment at the end. Some people call it the end game, but really, uh, I think between data mining and what Blizzard has already confirmed, it's no secret that Legendary mode is coming out, uh, if not in January, then in February, which will be the the mode that's even harder than Heroic mode in PvE. And that was planned since the launch of, uh, of Mercenaries. Um, and again, just to reinforce this idea that, you know, I said in the beginning, this is a PvE game that they've, like, stuck this PvP element onto it, and they're like, hey, you can do this too, uh, and they threw some incentives on it. But what I'm really excited about for Mercenaries is that clearly they released an unfinished product. Um, I don't think anyone's going to argue that Mercs came out with any degree of strategic polish. Let's just put it that way. Um, it's not like it was super buggy or anything, but it was lacking in actual game design and game balancing polish. And they were just going to figure that stuff out, right? Um, they've made some balancing moves, but what I'm more excited about is all the new content that's going to come in. I think with the big update that's coming in either January or February, probably January, that's going to be the end of the stuff we were already thinking of and knew we were going to release. Like the roadmap for launch for Mercenaries is going to come to an end with that big release. Um, and like stuff like the training grounds and stuff is all going to be a part of that. But after that, you're going to hit the stuff that they are going to be working on based off of feedback from the actual launch. Which, I'm sure they've already started to do some stuff on it, but it won't be ready until like March or April or May, at, at the earliest. So, that's when stuff like the actual coin sink of what to do with all your excess coins is going to come in. That's when like actual change to PvP may come. Um, or at least experimental changes may come that they may be like, well, let's just test this as an event for like a week and then they, you know, gather, they gather some data and see about it. And that's when, I, or like the, the time right before that maybe, maybe a month before when, when the actual big changes come, is when the major balancing changes may come. Such as, and I'm hoping, and I think everyone's hoping for this, and Blizzard has not said a word about it, which is kind of insane but they probably have their own internal philosophy and it's just being beaten to death right now by reality um that their internal mathematical model to the extent that they have one is just it's, it's it's off it's giving way too big of a discount to buff all speeds especially but also to decrease all speeds um and they're going to do some kind of nerfing around that and or adjust everyone's health up to compensate um but I, the, adjusting health up is like a kind of a theoretical solution. It's such a big change that what they're going to do is just across the board nerf all the speed things. Because the speed thing is not fixable. 
Like, you can't fix it by making other skills more powerful. That does not work. Because speed is a multiplier. So it multiplies on all the other skills. So you can change the other skills up and down, but the multiplier is going to be the exact same. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that because that's going to be, whenever they touch speed, like mass speed, uh, items, that's going to be a big shift to the overall meta. Um, you have something, like right now, it's a, it's, the meta is actually kind of interesting in that, um, uh, you have very viable comps now, like an orc comp that just says screw speed because everyone's making speed so high. Everyone's going zero, like speed that we're just going to go with like speed six, speed 10. If my merc dies, it dies. But otherwise, we're going to punch real hard. And if you don't, like, kind of catch the right, like, breakpoints and kill, kill off, like, my orcs, for example, they'll snowball into, like, ridiculous stuff and actually be able to beat a lot of speedier comps, which I think is what the designers at Blizzard had originally intended. Um, but right now, it only works in very specific circumstances where your colors match up. Whereas if your colors are neutral, like if you're facing like blues on blues or greens on greens, the speed, mass speed buffs are still like totally ridiculous. So if they go towards a specific counter route, think like Rogers um, the, to punish things that are fast, that's going to, I can see them potentially doing that, but it's going to be a worse route than if they just balanced everything. Uh, but anyway, I'm excited about all these things and trust me, they are coming. The big patch is coming. I'm excited about that just from a PvE perspective. But the other stuff, based on all of our feedback, is going to come later in the year. Uh, not even later in the year. Later in the first half of the year. Um, and then we'll get to see what Mercs may actually become. And there's just such good bones on this, on this game mode. And there's so many people who have played it and have dropped it. Because they either like ran out of content because they did everything and all that exists is PvP. Um, and then, well, look, there's going to be more content coming pretty soon. And then PvP is going to, you know... Like, think about how bad Battlegrounds was, right? Like, when it launched. Uh, in terms of uh, endgame-like things. Like, there's only so many things you, you, you were going to do. And then, I would say, it actually took a, a significant amount of time before Battlegrounds became a decently strategic game. Rather than, like... A branching options game where you have like four choices of what to do and you just pick one and you like let RNG decide the, the rest of it um, and, and Mercs can follow that same path but I'm hoping it goes a little faster than, than Battlegrounds uh, given that it's it's already monetized way better than Battlegrounds like one of the big problems with Battlegrounds is yeah, you get a lot of people but how are you gonna get money from these people uh, Mercs solve that problem first they're like first we're gonna get all your money and, and then we'll worry about making this game good. But now that Blizzard has everybody's money, it's, uh, and it's, a, it's the gold sink. It's the universal gold sink of the whole Hearthstone ecosystem. Um, I think they're going to be pretty fast about trying to make that a more attractive game mode. And it has all the bones. So uh, I, I'm excited by what's hap going to happen in 2022 for, for Mercenaries. Cool. Great. Okay. Uh, let's talk about duels. And we're done. Oh, yeah. Okay, we're, we're done. Uh, anything else you want to talk about before we end this uh, podcast? No, that's it. All right, guys. I think it's going to be quite an exciting year. I think it's going to be good for Arena and for BGs. Mercenaries is going to keep on growing. Maybe Hearthstone can pull it off. Maybe they will actually be not just the game, but the game hub that they were hoping to be. 
I can definitely yeah. see it happening. All right. Um, until next week, then. Welcome to 2022, by the way, guys. Uh, until next week, this is Abukta. This is Merp. See you, guys. Enjoying the Light Forge? For the full rundown on Hearthstone Arena draft strategy, card review, and arena gameplay, follow us on YouTube, Twitter, or twitch.tv at ADWCTA. Support the podcast by sharing us with your friends and family, or become a patron at patreon.com slash grinning goat. Thank you for tuning in, and see you next week.